0: Welcome to Brews Rock, your ultimate backstage pass to the captivating tales behind your beloved brews. Get ready for an immersive journey into the craft brewing universe every Friday, where we'll uncover the secrets and inspire you to be part of this extraordinary community. This week, we're talking to Ryan Self,
1: the Director of Sales and Business Operations at Triple C Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina. Ryan was a journalist in his past life and covered everything from PTA meetings to 9-11, but found his true passion in the brewing world when he moved to Charlotte in 2009.
2: His best advice to people in sales? Get out of the used car salesman mindset and back into the service mindset. And there's a lot more where that came from. So grab a drink and let's dive in.
0: Do you want to start off by telling us who you are and where you're at?
3: Ryan Self at Triple C Brewing. I am the Director of Sales and Business Operations.
0: And how long have you been here at Triple C?
3: Almost a year to the day. Oh, dang. Yeah, I was at Old Mecklenburg Brewery for 13 years before that. And what
0: were you doing over there?
3: Everything. I was there when they started. They were the first brewery in Charlotte. So, you know, a truly, truly like nascent beer scene. That had nothing going on. So when I started, I was their first driver. I was their assistant brewer. I was their first line tech. Eventually, I became their first salesman and then their director of sales and hired in a team of salesmen as the brewery grew. But, you know, such a different time in the market where it was so under saturated that the year that I started, we went, we did 1,000 barrels, whatever. And in 2019, we did 21,000. We were per capita one of the biggest breweries in the country, uh, as far as that goes. Um, So we we, we kind of sell it all and did it all self-destro-wise. We did fleet building, fleet management, a lot of that as well. So I really was fortunate that, you know, I picked a good horse to glom on to, and we had a good brand and good beers, and just went along for the ride. Built the thing from nothing.
0: Yeah, but you're, like, super well-rounded in the brewing world now, though, because of that. That's the hope,
3: right? It's not yeah. seen at all. And <laughs> when you've kind of seen it, it helps. and It makes you more empathetic to what your teammates are going through and what they're dealing with and different issues. Yeah. And yeah, I think it helps. Well, yeah. yeah.
2: So we've mentioned before we started recording that you have a journalism background. How did you make the jump from journalism sure. into beer?
3: So I was, a, I was a writer. I was a newspaper reporter up in the D.C. area. I did that from starting in 2000, everything from school board and county board meetings to like 9-11, I was at the Pentagon covering that. And so just a lot of big news, national news, but also small little county fair news kind of stuff, right? And so I was a writer first, something that I really enjoyed doing. When I came to Charlotte in 09, my assumption was, right, that's what I've done, I have some history with that. You just kind of keep your career rolling, right? And Bad time for journalism, bad time for the market as a whole, as you remember that we were in a pretty big recession. Then papers were laying off, TV stations, all those things that the higher writers were not hiring. It was basically people were going into like technical writing, a lot of that kind of work at that point, and, which is dreadful and it was boring. And I actually discovered, oh, maybe at the time, the brewery, and just went in and met with one of their partners and just chatted with him and said, man, I, I, just, I, I think you've got a good concept here. And I think you're doing something different. And I love prep. I arrived at a beer shop part time up in DC as well. Just nights. And I said, I, I just love what you're doing and I want to learn it. And bring me in. It took a lot of convincing. They really didn't need anybody. And <laughs> I, was like, I was like, bring me in. We'll figure it out. And so I just made no money and the whole thing could have flamed out. But thankfully we grew it and it worked out well. So it was just one of those accidental things. My wife was incredibly supportive. She was like, you love it, you're happy, you come home, you're excited about it, let's give it, let's give it a, good. a shot. Yeah, yeah,
2: being happy at what you're doing can really...
0: Change your life.
3: Now, with people that I talk to, I'm like, the years where I made nothing, those are distant memories, and now making what I would make in a professional setting or a more professional, traditional setting, yeah, and then what I love, it's like, cool, it's all worth it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it. Yeah, Maybe
3: I didn't think so at the time, but now it's all <laughs> oh, fine, those years blew by, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, it's important too. I think coming from a service industry background, we were all like restaurant people,
0: bar people. We We all worked. Yeah, that's how we all met. Nice, Nice. But there
2: is something about knowing each aspect of what you're doing to, like you said, understand your coworkers more. Yeah,
3: it's great to be able to talk to our drivers. And not just say, like, oh, uh, yeah, it's actually a busy day today. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I remember those days. I have absolutely done that. I was the person making those runs. I was the one at hair Teeter at 5 a.m. or delivering the airport at that time. And then working all the way to 6 p.m. to get yeah. everything out for those days. Like, when, you, when you've seen it, just functionally, it makes a ton of sense. So how did you transition to come into Triple C? I mentioned I was at OMB for quite some time. I was there for about 13 years. And that company evolved and grew in a way that it kind of became what they did was... We're working, we're flying at 30,000 feet and just working with chain buyers versus we're going out and just working bar by bar and growing it. And then on the other side, Chris Harker, who owns Triple C, is a very good longtime friend. Um, first thing they ever delivered, I was there. They were taking it to a great group pub that used to be up the street. They were just friends of mine. The client was a friend of mine. I was like, oh, come hang. Yeah, it yeah, sounds like a good time. So I've, I've known him forever and I, I respect the way he does business so much. And him and I would just kind of chat and I would even say like, yeah, you know, your beer is better than it's ever been. I truly think so. And your taproom is very busy. So organic demand for your product is really high. Why are you so relatively weak out in the wholesale side? And, and there's reasons for that. And, I, and the more we just chatted, it was like, I think I have some expertise that kind of fills in an obvious hole that you have here. And also the more I thought about it, when that role came open, I just, man, I love the vibe there so much. I yeah. just want to go work there. And yeah. I think it's one of those things that him and I, being old buddies, it's always dicey to work with your spouse or work with your friends. You know, yeah. it's like,
0: oh yeah. So finally, one day I just,
3: reached out to him. And I was like, look, I'd be remiss not to ask you about this. Like, I know this role is open. I believe that could dramatically change what you're doing and, and help steer that. We should talk. Yeah. And he replied was like, oh, completely agree. Let's. Find <laughs> I had my reach out to you. So I was like, all right. And, and once we got to chatting a little bit, it was like, oh, okay, this is gonna. Be, it, was, it was easy interview I've ever done. I think for both of us. Like yeah. I walked in and I was like, here's a 90 day plan, right? Here's, here's what we're going to do. Here's things I want to do immediately. Here's things just to get us there a little bit. And I think it created that really good mix of, we had this awesome grassroots vibe to us and we're original ownership. And those things that make the brand still have this real- Life. real Realness sounds yeah. stupid, yeah. right? <laughs> no, but
2: that's true. But
3: also a little bit of, here's some experience on how to navigate some of these kinds of customers and whatnot that we haven't worked with. Here's how it worked. Best Star distributors, would be good partners with them across the border, South Carolina, and,
1: and things like that as well. How important is getting south of the border, being right here at the border?
3: It matters. I mean, there obviously there's a good chunk of South Carolina, Fort Mill, Rock Hill, Clover, that is one growing just as fast as Charlotte is, mm. and it's closer than parts of quote Charlotte, Concord, Mooresville, Gastonia. Where we can be there in a hurry, and so it's. They don't like what you call it this, but it's Charlotte suburbs. If you really get down to it. Yeah. There's an anchor large city, and it's like being in Frederick, Maryland. When you're really what you're saying is I'm in DC. That's what we're talking about here, and so it's absolutely crucial. We've got a good distributor down there. They're a Budweiser house, but they also have this team dedicated to the craft side of it, where they don't just work in that macro function. They also really understand how to grow brands, and mm. so we we have a good partner down there for it, and it's. Gosh, I think they're up like 45% this year. Wow. Hey, that's yeah. The number one thing I wanted to do was, first of all, The first thing I did here was go see them and go, you have not gotten a lot of support from us and you have maintained our brand anyway. Good news, here we come. Right, here we here are. we're gonna be in the market, helping grow this thing and being down there as well. And so yeah. you can't just cocoon in one state being this close to the border. You have to accept that's part of your customer base as
1: well. Yeah, a lot of places yeah. we talk to are pretty much, I wanna say landlocked in North Carolina. They're in the middle of the state. They're so, in Greensboro. I mean, yeah, exactly. South Carolina, I never here. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But as was being so close to the border, what's that hurdle like trying to get your product into another state? I think the hard thing for a brand in any big city that
3: sort of straddles a state line like that is, like, South Carolina, for example, requires you to use a third party distributor. In okay. North Carolina, we can still self distribute all of our beer. We choose to self distribute all of our on premise, try out our partner handles, the grocery stores and the logistics side of things. But I think a lot of brands in Charlotte are like, I want to be in South Carolina, right? I want to be in that market. I understand that's part of our market. But given that they're required to have a distributor down there, and there's only a handful that really do any appreciable amount of business, mm. I think it's a struggle because you try and go down there and say, hey, I really want to be in Fort Mill. I really want to get down here. These are our customers too. But your brand hasn't gotten any sort of traction, And the distributors just look at it as like, they want to cut brands right now. They don't want to add brands right now unless someone really red hot is coming through or someone with something really unique, but come into a, a distributor right now who's already doing more business than they know what to do with or they're growing, they're doing well and saying, yep, here's our lineup. We got our Pilsner, we got our IPA, we got our Hazy, we got our, it's like, okay, we have 58 of those, you know? And yeah. so I think that's, um, I think it's a hard struggle for a lot of breweries who want to tap into that market, but just haven't, differentiated in a meaningful way. I I have friends who work at brands that say like, yeah, I'm really pushing on South Carolina this year. And I just caution them saying, okay, so when you walk into a major distributor down there and say, here's what I'm going to bring you that is going to fill a hole in your portfolio that no one's got, better have a good answer. (laughs) You know, and it's going to be hard to have a good answer because everyone's, everything you're thinking about doing, everyone's having the same problem as yours. And it's thinking about the same thing as well. You can't just go down and go, yeah, we got a Kettle Sour and a Hazy and a Pilsner. It's hit line. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow. so What
2: do you think sets Triple C apart from those other breweries that are trying to break into these markets that are so saturated?
3: We've got a good mix, I think, of being established without being ubiquitous. There's a real struggle sometimes when you grow, and this is something that we saw at the previous place, where you grow, but as you grow, and you're all high-fiving that, hey, we're in... Every place, you start to have some of your original clients and original bars and restaurants that are real community dive bars. You know, Charlotte institutions start to go, eh, you know, you're, you're not so sell interesting out. to me anymore, yeah. <laughs> right? And yeah. You don't even have to sell it anymore. We call it out. sellout. Yeah. The, the brand didn't sell out. They, they didn't sell. They didn't change ownership. They, they didn't grew. diminish the yeah. beer. But you can grow to a point where it's like, I'm not so excited anymore about your beer when you're at Applebee's. Yeah. You know, when, yeah. when, 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 you're, when you're down the street in the Olive Garden, I, I don't feel that connection anymore. And so I think there's a way for us to look at the brand and just be really targeted and smart about it. And go, yeah. okay, we're established. It's not like, what is this? Never heard of it. It's a good established brand where people feel like they know the owner, they know the brewer. It's super connected to the community. Triple C, literally CCC is Charlotte, craft and community, it's all we think about every day. It's our core values of like, what is, core values is very corporate speak, (laughs) but but it is, it is. And it's one of those, what do we think about with everything we do, being a part of that. And I think that sets us apart a little bit where we can go, okay, we're not brand new. We don't know what you're getting. Is the beer going to be highly variable batch by batch? Is service going to vary? Are they even going to be open in six months? but we're also not so established and monolithic where it's, oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, I think yeah. we're still pretty fun and still pretty agile.
0: A thing that we read was that you don't chase trends, you just try to make really good beers. Why are you more focused on not chasing trends and keeping up with what everybody's doing and focusing on what you are doing?
3: It's funny you say that because in the last year, we just started making a year-round hazy, juicy IPA. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things, You know, 3C is our flagship, Classic West Coast. I love that. That's I prefer my IPAs. But it's one of those things that we really said internally and our brewer really said, he said, I'm not doing it just to do it. Yeah. I will do it if it can be done really thoughtfully and in a way that is different than what everyone else is making. I will do that. And he created Planet Pulp, which is a hazy IPA and pulp is the right word. It drinks like a mimosa. It's like orange, tangerine, Zero hop burn. He, he, rack, he racks it off the hops, the dry hop a little early, where none of that hop burn, soft bodied without being filling or bloating, no no oats, none of that stuff. When like, people say, I don't like hazies or I hate hazies, what I feel like they're really saying is every brewery, good or bad, decided to try their hand at it because I oh, don't, you know, that, that's if that's like red it. hot, I'll make that, right? Yeah. And I really feel like that's why you've got so many bad hazies. It's a difficult style to nail. Yeah. It's easy to make, difficult to nail, right? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people just dumping in oats and shit and just be like, I oh, will figure it out and dry hopping the holy hell out of these beers where it's just, it's all hop burn, right? Yeah. Or just dumping in boxes of hops. And, and because it was costly to make, it's $23 a four pack and it's a C minus. Yeah. I think There's a lot of that. <laughs> Brewers trying to catch that wave, that trend. Yeah, that is what you said it is, but Boy, it's not great. And John, our brewer, he makes a Hellas. We make a Dunkle, we make a Hefeweiss and all those small batches. But he's also willing to play with the funky stuff as well. But he's just super committed to us. Like, I just don't want to do it to do it. I don't want to yeah. do it because, oh, market research tells us we need to diversify our tap lineup, right? It's like, I want to do it, or do it right. And I want to feel confident that it can stand up against anybody's. Yeah.
2: And that's so smart. You can get so distracted trying to follow these trends and always be playing catch up to what's new. That you never get better at anything. You yeah. never nail anything down.
3: There's but. so many breweries out there where you almost ask yourself, like, what is their identity?
2: Yeah. What is their India. aesthetic?
3: What is their, I don't know, their brewery? They have <laughs> the same beer
2: here. They have the same pendant <laughs> lights. And, and yeah.
3: is everybody, I mean, it, 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 it's something that I think people sleep on a little bit is the idea of, all right, what am I doing and why? Yeah. yeah. Am, am I making it because I think it'll sell a lot? Or am I making it because I believe I can bring something that's interesting? to the table. And in the market right now, trying to walk into a bar, we notice increasingly that I really appreciate is more and more of my seasoned bar managers are going, oh, thank God you brought me a West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so tired of getting these hasties coming through here. And so having a flagship West Coast, or resisting the urge to go, let's, let's pivot hard and change that. Yeah, you know, it yeah. feels great now. Where it's like, yep, that same way you've always been enjoying. <laughs> yeah, and it's only getting better and more dialed in because our brewer is obsessive about it and is constantly working on it.
2: Well, you can tell. I mean, all the yeah. beers that we've tasted so far. I think we've gone through about five different <laughs> flavors <laughs> at this point. They're all super delicious. Good. And the sours clean. are not too sour. Yeah. This hazy is not that like bitey hop. And it's, it's light. Yeah, like, it's, it's light.
3: light it's delicious. I That's the like, idea. Is not sit? And, and there's not that weird hop. Or yeah. is that, uh, I can tell this was dry hop for a hundred years and they just couldn't, they couldn't dial it in. Yes. Yeah.
0: You've had award-winning beers in the past at the Great American Beer Fest. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that experience? What beers were the ones that won and what do you think made them win?
3: So at the risk of being unpopular, the, the, those things are such a dark throw. They really yeah. are. Yeah. If you imagine, We're sitting in a room right now with a couple beers we're trying. Can you imagine starting to go 8, 10, 12 deep, especially with styles or with one style where the difference can be 5%. I always say it's one of those things where when you win, it's awesome. And it's somewhat validating and it makes you feel good. When we win, we don't take to social media and say, see, we're the best brewery in the world. (laughs) And when we lose, we don't panic and change our recipe. And it's just one of those things that Honestly, I, I find a number to sent out recently from World from Beer Cup some of the notes and results from the tastings. And we happen to have some beers go, get like right up to the point of the top three and just miss. Oh, and man. it's a bummer because you don't get any points for that, right? But it was interesting to read like the notes and the thoughts and where we were. And, and, and that was very validating just to feel like the judges were like, this is great. Literally, we had three beers I think be like number four.
1: Hey. You know, where it's hey. like, you know, where, you know, again, you're like, damn
3: it, but trust me. <laughs> It's also nice to be reminded that we're doing the right stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing the right stuff, and we're right there. And really, mm. we've won before for 3C, we've won for Maker, and we've won for kind of some one-off beers as well. But I think we've been smart in not being overly exuberant or panicking and saying, all right, that beer that won shall not be year-round. Those yeah. things are just so arbitrary that we're really excited about it. It's We'll always keep entering. It's a really fun thing, very validating and exciting for our customers and fans. But... I think everyone gets too excited about it or too worried about it. It's just like in Taproom. Yeah. It's there, and it's probably an interesting stat and something to keep an eye on, but no one is living or dying or doing it, you know, off any of those ratings or any of that information.
0: As far as community, when you say that, like that is a big focus of yours, what type of things do you do with the community to involve them with the brewery?
3: I think it's just realizing that we have an an asset in our brewery and our taproom space people get really. really excited about. People think it's really cool. And so a lot of times, if we sold siding or solar panels, right? No chairs reaching out to us being like, what well, can you give us? You know, <laughs> or we are saying, write us a check. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the idea that we can say, why don't we do a raffle for a party of four, come out and hang out, and we'll do a guided beer tasting and dinner or that kind of thing, or come hang with the brewers. We just had the Juvenile Diabetes Research Fund, which my, my, my niece is type one. We just were at the GALO there and asked about like, can you donate something? we're like, all right, how about a brew your own beer with our brewer? Oh, cool. And meet with him, go through what you want to make, and we'll do a special release for it. You can help us name it and design it and bring your friends out for that night. And the kind of thing we're like, we knew it was like, all it takes is a couple group of dudes to be like, oh, we're winning this. That's cool, we're winning
1: this, right?
3: And it's something that, that, that sold for a great price and gave a lot to the charity. And it's just a cool thing. And it's something that we don't sell at any price. Exactly, So there's an opportunity or something like that. And so just, we have a really cool thing that people think is interesting and cool. Let's leverage that and help local organizations that want to use our space for free. And Chris, like I mentioned that that's his whole mindset. I have this cool thing. And for a pretty reasonable cost on our end, I can, really dramatically improve our neighborhood partners and and charities and causes. And so I think that's number one. But then even number two is just our taproom space, just being a space that is inclusive and open. This is a community hub. Come hang out, come be a part of it. Come sit outside, come listen to live music. Local bands here, bring the kids on out. They can run around, bring your dog. This is not a place to drown your sorrows. This is a place to just to celebrate, be in good spirits. So that's kind of being part of the community as well. Just come hang. Yeah. Just come hang. Come, come be a part of it. Just create the vibe. Other folks will want to come out too. Oh,
2: yeah. And, and like patty, as soon yeah. as we walked up, we've never been here before. At all of us were like, if this we lived in Charlotte, cool. this, this yeah. would be yeah. our spot. Yeah, this like, would be the spot. This is the spot where it's good we're going to take you, yeah. you. Yeah. That's good to hear. The AstroTurf. Yeah. I know. I love yeah. turf. <laughs> all about
0: the AstroTurf. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this is.
2: Who's it down? But so much yeah. easier. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's so welcoming, you can just feel it, everything is open, the outside space is really nice, it's tidy, you're not trying to do too much, like, extra shit. it's yeah, good to hear. Yeah. It's not
1: too open, but it's not too closed, you yeah. don't feel claustrophobic. I'm very happy to join you, I'm praising that because I'm not involved yeah. in it at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah. great. It's
3: part of my business <laughs> I knew nothing about, so yes, I agree, it's awesome. Yeah, it Chris did a good work. job of that. As far
0: as your brewing setup. How many barrels are you working off of? So we've got
3: a 15-barrel system back here in the main building. Across the street is actually our building as well. The barrel room is our private event space. Oh. Where we do everything from full-on weddings to corporate events to charity events. We have a seven-barrel system there as well. Oh, dang. That lets us also have a little, let's take a little play set. And it's awesome because it's behind glass in that room. So when folks have events there, it does feel like we're still in a brewery. There's there it is right there. Yeah, yeah something in the day. You can see the guys brewing something, but also let's just play a little bit and say, let's make seven barrels of like our smoked pellets we have on tap right now, where it's that's a little more niche, but we don't want to not make it. Let's make it and we're not worried about it if it's the biggest seller. It's just something really cool and as will appreciate it. We'll appreciate it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Having the event space, like how has that changed your business? Has it helped
3: play really big cities? I think more people realize that every event is in some hotel ballroom, right? And yeah. You At the Marriott. It's the same thing. Yeah. All that. And there's a place for that, but just cool, unique spaces. Yeah. I, I, gosh, I, I remember thinking 10 years ago, like, my wife would never have gone for it to get married in a brewery. But these are not <laughs> concrete block spaces. These are really refined spaces. Like the barrel room, the way we do it, and the way a lot of breweries are doing it now, I think there's just so much value in it. You also yeah. think about, yeah. if you can get a, Business event or a wedding, uh, any event where people are not there for the beer, hmm. they're going to all try the beer. You oh, just yeah. got four hundred people to try your beer, and out of them have never even thought of that before.
2: Yeah, and
3: just may- maybe, just maybe, someone be like, oh, "I like this stuff."
1: Yeah, how many people come back? I was back very brewery. aware of it.
3: Yeah, I might come back and hang, or if I see the Harris Teeter, I'll remember this brand. And so there's a lot of it's a revenue driver in of itself, but it's also a massive marketing driver too. Oh, for yeah. sure. I, I think breweries are wise to think that way. Like we have a cool space. And wise, put some money in it, too. Mm -hmm. Not just subfloor and concrete walls. Put some money in the place and make it look Attractive, yeah. Yeah. It
2: was younger generations, too, I feel like, are getting more away from, like, traditional weddings, traditional things like that. Yeah, Yeah, we got married in a coffee shop. (laughs) It was cheap as shit. Which was number one. Great, right, yeah. Neither of us could afford ten grand to throw at a wedding venue. Or yeah, oh, it's just for the venue. Several times that
3: now. Yeah, that's I yeah, keep drinking friends. Yes.
2: So it is a smart marketing move to have that space. You've already got your booze built in. Of You've already got a cool space. There's a lot less. There's a lot like, worse thing you can do
3: than people remembering the best of their life was in your place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot worse things you can do to build a connection.
2: And you can come yeah. back to that weekly instead of being like, oh, there's that High rise building, we got married yeah. in. I yeah. can't go back up there ever again. Yeah, I, mean, I but- got married to
3: Hilton Garden Inn in Fairfax. I'll never yeah. go there. <laughs> I'm sitting here for all times' yeah. sake. You know, you know, but it's you're there. creating memories
2: yeah. for a lifetime. They can come back, bring their
0: kids, and oh, hang exactly, out. Exactly. Yeah. Like, this is the beer I drank on my that way. And, uh, <laughs> that's the
2: idea. It's
3: generational and, it's, uh, and there's real connection. Yeah. Yeah.
0: As far as collaborating, so doing collaborations with other breweries or collaborating with, like what you are saying, the I
2: think the, library, yeah. the library, the library logger. Oh yeah. collaboration. Oh, yeah. I read
3: about that. We constantly do collaborations. Yeah. We had our friends over at Birdsong here just a couple weeks ago doing a, a beer with them. Just off the top of my head, a more artists in South Carolina, Divine Barrel, Birdsong. We've collaborated with the vast majority of breweries in this greater area. Area, excuse me, Fiddlin' Fish up your way. Um, a lot of those guys as well. So, something that I love about. Even this industry is, this is not Coke and Pepsi. There's plenty of room for us all to grow without undercutting each other. Yeah. And so it's cool to be like, hey, y'all make great beers, we make great beers, and we're buddies, let's make a beer. And hey, fedland Fish, we'll sell it here, and maybe some folks here will think about your brand a little more, and maybe some folks in Greensboro will think about our brand a little more. Yeah. Or in Winston will think about our brand a little more as well. And it's just, I love that message to our customers. Years ago, when I was at my previous role, I would do brewery tours. People always say, like, oh, I bet you're hoping that new place fails. I'm like, oh my God, no. There's so much room for beer in this market. I hope they succeed and they get more and more folks off of national brands and regional brands and caring about local beer. We do collaborations constantly. And we have a lot of fun with them, too. A lot of everybody comes you know, it's, That Friday is brew for three hours in the morning, get it going, and then we're just hanging out. Yeah. yeah. We're all trying each other's beers, and Chris, Oder himself, will be out there smoking wings, and, and just, <laughs> just come on out and hang. We're going to eat and drink and celebrate this culture. We're going to spread that word of, if you love Charlotte beer, you love Charlotte beer. You don't have to have that one that hate and that one I love. You can just love the fact that you're buying something local and supporting
1: it, and we want to reinforce that messaging too. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And it's so interesting and it's so incredible yeah. to see and like, I know we all enjoy traveling the an hour and hour some and odd and minutes out. it takes yeah. to get here, but to see a new spot and I walk in and go, wow, this place is dope. Yeah. Yeah. This place is cool. right? Yeah. Kind of yeah. Thing, right? Um, it's yeah. Like, yeah. I can, I can chill here.
2: There's some places you yeah. walk in and you're like, I'm just going to
3: watch yeah.
1: that. Out. So this is the plan. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have friends that live in the area and it's also really cool Coming to come into places like this and it's okay, cool. I got friends that live 20 minutes from here. Next time I come visit them, I'll be like, hey, get in the car. We're going to this place. Cool. Yeah, we're going.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we always try to wrap every episode up with advice. If you were to give advice to someone who wants to get into beer sales, what kind of advice would you give them to succeed?
3: I think mean, just get out of the mindset that you're in sales,
0: mm-hmm.
3: right? I mean, every whole you ever read about like least trusted professions. Sales. Sales is always there. <laughs> and it's always like the car salesman and in, in, in the cheesy jacket be like, hey, hey, what's it gonna take you? But you hey, buddy. to put you in this? You know, I was like, get out of the mindset that you're in sales. You know, you're in brand growth, you're in marketing, you're in, you're walking into bars and restaurants and you're just excited. You're like, yeah, hey, I've got something really cool. Can I talk to you about it? As soon as you start getting this idea of I'm gonna pressure sell this thing, I'm gonna be like, hey, listen, I can get you this price. I can you, you know, yeah. it's, it's like, just, I got a brand and we love it and we're really excited about it. And I think you'd be a good fit here. And can I have 10 minutes of your time, kind of yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it sounds cheesy or disingenuous, but it's the only path that I've ever tried that I've ever known. And so it's the only advice that I can give is the one that's worked. As soon as you walk in, being like, hey, I got a beer for you. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's insane. Like, <laughs> Bruce is like, hey, man, I got something really cool. I know you're busy. Can I have a little bit Thank of your time? I know that your taps are limited and that's valuable real estate. I totally get it. But I think I have something that's a great fit and I'll make some money and you'll make some money and we'll sell some beer. It'll be cool Mm -hmm. and we'll go a little partnership on this thing. I think that mindset serves folks well. I think everyone is tired of meeting (laughs) salesmen. And then the other thing, you know, is just to show up. Yeah, Uh, so something that happened during and post COVID is a lot of breweries just decided we're out of the service business. We're out of the sales business. I'll send you my Monday morning email, and here's the lineup, and let us know what you need, and we'll let you know what your delivery day is. And <laughs> and that is value. A lot of bars and restaurants decided, yeah, actually, I like this process. Instead of yeah. having vendors constantly stopping in, I like that I just get 12 emails in the morning and I pick through them and go, kick okay, of this, kick of this, case of this, and I'm done, and it's easy. I think showing yeah. up does still matter for sure. I have people all the time who tell me, it's almost like, dude, if you come in here, I won't buy from you. Yeah, like you're not wasting. It's almost like they want to reassure us. Like you're not wasting your time. If you come in here, I will buy from you. Yeah, if you actually come in here and spend the time, and you bring me a quality really? liquid, I'll buy it. Yeah, that stuff still matters, I think, and it's a big differentiator. And it matters when you, when you have a keg on tap and it doesn't get off to the start you would have liked. It matters when you can say, well, I, you know, I come in here all the time, and, and I'm following up with you, and let's talk about getting that movie a little bit, get your staff excited about it. Let's talk about is there good signage? Is it on the menu? versus that versus email where it's like, yeah, but that cat, it was a dog and <laughs> never again, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the service, service does still matter. And that sounds very old school, but it does still matter. It'll be a long time, I truly believe, before buyers truly are like, I want this automated. Yeah. I don't want people coming in my bar and bothering me. I think we're a long ways away from that. COVID changed things a little bit, but I don't think it completely flipped the market. I think we're still in a world where you can walk in and go, when can I come see you? I'm not going to demand you stop what you're doing right now. I don't care if you say Sunday at midnight. I'll be sitting here with you with samples and just saying, here's what it is. Here's how it fits. Let's have some beer together.
0: Yeah. This has been awesome, man. Like, that's been a whirlwind. Like, it's been a journey. Action <laughs> packed. It's been a journey. Yeah, and awesome. I feel like, but I feel like it's going to be packed with a lot of really useful information for people. Because yeah. that's what we're trying to do is just help people who are interested in the beer community. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: It's like, There's look, still it's, a lot of education to be done. It's,
3: it's still beer. It's still yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. It's still great. Enjoy it. Enjoy what you enjoy. Support your local brands. Invest in that virtuous cycle. And that's about it, man. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> Triple C.
0: Where can people find it if they're not in the Charlotte area?
3: So we are available, you know, officially we're available statewide, right? Mm-hmm. We're try and distributing. So anyone listening who runs a bar or restaurant, they're trying to rep and get them any of our core brands that they want to bring in. Or if you're just a customer who wants to ask, your local shop. It's hard to say. Yeah. you always find us in this location in Greensboro, this location yeah. in Raleigh, and this location in Wilmington. It's nation out there, as you know. Especially when, you get away, when you get away from your own backyard, Yeah. but it's available statewide. Number no one thing you can do, and this is true of any beer brand, is ask for it by name. I'm yeah. in a shop. I want to try this brand's beers. Can you please find it and get it? If you get it, I'll buy it. Yeah. It's the number one thing right. we
0: can do. And oh, tell them oh, yeah. to talk to you. Tell them to ask for self.
2: Yeah. <laughs> don't, <laughs> ask don't ask for Ryan. He does yeah, exist. Yeah, don't ask for hey, Ryan. here. Sure. <laughs> <self>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Thanks again, Ryan, for the great talk and delicious beers. We can't wait to come back to Charlotte for another round.
2: Yeah, when your focus is on brewing purposefully, you know every last pint is going to be a winner.
0: If you like this episode, let us know by subscribing. We'll be back next Friday with a new story from a new brewery, so stay tuned. Until then, support your local breweries. Cheers!